You know a lot about golf. Hey, and it's us, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith. Uh, you were at the golf cave at the Sagamore. Must be nice. Noblesville, Indiana. Even the name of the town sounds swanky. Noblesville. You know, Noblesville, yes, we're yeah. a bunch of nobles. That's right. It's not com- It's not commoner's town. It's Noblesville. You know, you <laughs> got to approach it the way it goes. We are going to be talking about golf for the next hour. We've got uh, some golf ball conversation coming up with the uh, Wes Winningham, who is the vice president of sales for Volvic. And I did ask him, it's not Volvic, it's Volvic. That's Those are the folks with all the colored golf balls. And a lot of my friends go, oh, no, yep. that's, that's a chick golf ball. No, it's not. And we will discuss that in greater detail coming up. But uh, one of the things, man, um, last Sunday when you were busy working and we were busy working <laughs> on the veranda at Elk Run Golf Club in Jeffersonville, uh-huh. uh, we, we had a long conversation with Matt, who uh, is, is the GM head pro uh, cart boy. You know, he basically does everything. He just changes the the name tag when he's doing a different gig. Uh, he also owns the place. So there you go. But um, one of the things we were talking about was let's make golf more fun. It's supposed to be fun. You know, there are some of us, some of us who play for fun and playing better is more fun. That's why some of us come to you and folks of your ilk, Jeff, and, and say, show right. me how to play this game better. Some of us play it very seriously. And, and I got to say, you know, if you're playing golf 24-7, if you're hitting 2,000 balls a day, if you're traveling all across the country you may have with folks to make arrangements for travel and all this kind of stuff you're doing it for a living it really is no longer as much fun i'm sure if it wasn't fun to some degree you'd find a different thing to do for a living but if you're a, a pga tour professional you're not playing yeah. for fun you're playing for money and there's a big difference yeah there. and your livelihood depends on it exactly so one of the yeah. things that matt was saying is that why do we get so hung up on the the macho-ness, on the ego-driven parts of it? I mean, we were behind, a couple Sundays ago, we were playing, and we were behind a group of guys, three guys. They weren't very good. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because most of us aren't very good. But they insisted on playing from the blue tees, because they were 20-somethings, and that's where they thought they should be playing from. I don't care what you think you should be doing, Play to your ability, not to your ego. You know, if you can't hit the ball 280, 290 off the tee, don't play from the blue tees. Move up. It ain't no big deal. No one's going to laugh at you. I agree with you. It's not very often that we do this. (laughs) But I agree with that. It it certainly makes golf more fun. Mm -hmm. It certainly makes time that you're taking to play the game makes that a lot more fun. There are so many things that people do that are really mistakes. A lot of it has to do with, I'm playing from the wrong spot. I'm having to hit the wrong clubs into greens. Uh, if, I don't, if I'm playing from too far back and I don't even hit a good tee shot, now i got a mile and a half away to get to the green. I still think, you know, as the average player, still thinks that par is something that they should be achieving on a bunch of golf holes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you put that mentality together with playing the wrong set of tees, and now all of a sudden, they're out there trying to hit three woods out of the rough, which we all know is really successful. And, yeah, you and, you're, that was little... and you're doing nothing but frustrating yourself, basically. Yeah, you really are. I mean, it, it creates an, an environment that's no fun, and, you know, you watch golf on the tours. You see it on TV, and you see these guys, they hit the ball ridiculous distance. And, and the people tend to think that they should do that same thing. Mm-hmm. And then they get back there and they play from a yardage that they think they should play from. You know, and I'm an advocate of having a sign on every tee box, not just the first tee box. I've seen golf courses do this on the first tee box. Is if you can't hit your drive this far, go forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, you Start know, there. The, the, average, the average length off the tee is what, 220 yards for an amateur golfer? Yeah. And those numbers go up or down minusculely depending on, on abilities and things like that. So 
you know, one of the things that Matt was saying is that the average golfer, the guy who hits at about 220, should be playing from around 54, 55, maybe 56 to 5,800 yards. Yeah. Those are usually the forward tees, boys and girls. Things that we have yeah. have in the past referred to as the senior tees, the gray tees, the old guy tees, the ladies tees. Uh, that's why you know, we ought to start naming certain things. You know, the you know the the certain things, the normal men's tees. Yeah, you know, and call it that. And the normal men's tees will get more people to play there. You know, and then and then you have you know the superhuman strength tees. <laughs> and then the inhuman tease or something of that ilk, right? Where if you could create something with the naming instead of just using colors. Right. Yeah. Because people are so used to the same thing on golf courses. And, you know, sometimes you could put it in the, it's going in that bunker tease. <laughs> right? Yes. Right. We will do that. Or can't. Or they can't get it to the bunker tees. Yeah, can't get there from here tees. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and the, and the I can hit it past the bunker from here tees. You know, if you did stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Then then people would begin to play the right set of tees because they all want to hit it past the bunkers. And, and have a lot more fun doing it too because attitudinally it's great. I have a friend who actually is one of those ego-driven guys. And I finally convinced him. I said, listen, I don't care where you play from. I'm playing from the forward tees. And we went there. And after about the first nine, he said, you know, this driver wedge into a par four is fun. I said, yes, that's exactly the point I was trying to make. And we have a few more points we're going to be trying to make on how to have more fun with this game when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys, and we suggest you hang with us. Okay, I'm sure you know the name Peter Millar. Peter Millar designs makes and sells the most comfortable golf wear ever and it's not just golf wear man i mean they've got pants and shorts and shirts polo shirts and regular shirts like i'm wearing a performance polo right now from peter millar and i've been wearing peter millar stuff since the early 2000s way before they ever said hey we'd like to advertise on your radio show so trust me when I tell you this, it is the most comfortable stuff you will ever find, whether you're going to wear it on the golf course, which is cool because it helps protect you from the sun or a little business lunch or networking uh, activities or whatever it is you're doing. The Peter Millar clothing is going to fit right and it's going to fit in. I want you to go over right now to PeterMillar.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash weekend. Check out their stuff. If you use our name, which is weekend, that's PeterMillar.com slash weekend. You'll get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. If I were you, I'd go there right now. And it's time for us this weekend, Golf Guys. John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith, of course, at the uh, Golf Cave at the Sagamore in Noblesville, Indiana. And there is a movement afoot. And Jeff and I have been uh, discussing this a little bit, and I think we may have... We may have a divergence of opinion. Um, no. Yeah. We've never done that in our lives. Well, we did it twice, and it was kind of fun, man. You know? I don't like being a yes guy. <laughs> One of the things that there is a movement afoot, there is a movement that has been uh, reborn about what they're calling the bifurcation of golf rules, meaning two yeah. separate sets of rules, one for pros and one for amateurs. Now, there are some people, uh, our buddy Fuzzy Zeller, has said that golf is the only game where the amateurs make the rules. I mean, it might be a good idea for the pros to make their own rules. Let the PGA Tour make their own rules. You know, the USGA is doing yeah, I mean, telling the PGA pros how to play the game. No, stay on your own side of the fence, you know? Yeah, you know, some of the things that I see, here's the, the professional game. They go around and they're making a living, and they have their own set of rules at some point. They have their what they call a hard card. You know, and they have things that apply to that event. Yeah. And they're specific to that event. So let's call them, you know, local rules that supersede certain things or in addition to whatever. The tour is its own business. Yeah. You know, they're, they're using the rules of golf, but, you know, they set some policies out there, rules per se, whatever. You know, who says that they just can't use their own set of rules of golf for them and that we play by we meaning everybody else 
you know, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's professionals versus amateurs. I'm suggesting that the line, if they're going to have two sets of rules, is between the touring professionals and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's it, with apologies, man. A lot of times when, when we say golf pros, we're talking about touring pros and not the thousands yeah. of hardworking PGA professionals like you who actually keep this game alive for us. And we appreciate that. Thanks. You're welcome. But I'm looking at it like, how many rounds of golf am I going to play per year? Realistically, as a, as a club professional, as a teacher, when I go play now, it's for fun. Right. Right? When, when a, a club professional plays in a club professional tournament, okay, go throw those rules in there. Professional tournament golf. You're doing it to make a living. You're doing it for the money. You're doing it for the competition under those rules of golf. Okay, great. Now, turn that aside and go, all right, kick that out. I'm going to go play for fun. Just because I'm a professional in the game, just because I have the ability to play pretty good golf, that makes me no different in my ability from a scratch golfer or a plus handicap. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But then there's this relaxed set of rules that the USGA is even coming out with because they're aware that people don't want to play by those old rules. They don't want to do it. We completely understand why they don't want to do it. Because there's some of those rules that were just really stupid. And punitive. For the average golfer. And, and terribly yeah, punitive. They were. Yeah. yeah, they were. For the average golfer, they were just like, what are you people doing? Yeah. And so they, they addressed it, right? And they're going to and, and, and put some things into play uh, in 2019 that are good for the game. You know, letting the flag stick go in and do some other stuff. Things that will speed up the game and mm -hmm. things that aren't so punitive. Now, they got one that's not so punitive that I think – is going to irritate a lot of good players. Okay. Is the is the they got a they got a rules change that's basically going to say if you smack a ball out of bounds, you get to go treat it like it's a hazard, and take it to a one stroke penalty and drop it out. And what's that's wrong? What's a wrong little with that? bit disheartening to a guy who has become a good player under those rules that say you got to get yourself back to the tee and hit it again. See, there's a problem there that you're going to have with the, the, the acceptance of certain rules mm -hmm. because of that. And, and the reason I say that is because, all right, so my entire golfing life, you hit one out of bounds, you're stooling up another one, and that's now your third shot because it's a stroke and distance penalty. Okay. But what if it's, if it's out of bounds and you hit it out there and it's 30 yards from the green when it's out? Now, all of a sudden, you're hitting your third shot that's 30 yards from the green. Yeah. Okay. That's just like a, a hazard penalty, which makes the out-of-bounds penalty really not any more severe. So here you are going to have a generation full of golfers who, if that rule is implemented, uh -huh. is going to go, hey, wait a second. I see this as being treated unfairly if I'm going to be in a casual competition with a guy who sprays it sideways and I don't. I spray it a little bit sideways and I hit it into the thick rough and I make a bogey. This guy sprays it way off the planet, gets to drop it out, and he makes a bogey. Yeah. Where's the justice? Yeah. Right? There's, there's going to be an issue there with that particular one. I don't know how they'll handle it, John. I really don't. But I know, I know what they're proposing, and, I, and I know how certain things are going to get received. Yeah. But I do like two sets of rules. Yeah, it's good. I know exactly how I'd handle it were I in that situation, where I were the sprayer, and uh, there were a, yep. a guy playing with me who was a little upset because he had to learn how to hit it straighter. Yep. Three words. Get over it. Because <laughs> I don't care that you had to learn how to do it right because it was stroke and distance in my day. It's not your day anymore, Pops. You know what I'm saying? New day has dawned. <laughs> yeah. New rules are upon us, and we will live and play accordingly. And I am going to make a comparison when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Please don't move. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. 
We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. Okay, I'm sure you know the name Peter Millar. Peter Millar designs, makes, and sells the most comfortable golf wear ever. And it's not just golf wear, man. I mean, they've got pants and shorts and shirts, polo shirts and regular shirts. Like, I'm wearing a performance polo right now from Peter Millar. And I've been wearing Peter Millar stuff since the early 2000s. Way before they ever said, hey, we'd like to advertise on your radio show. So, trust me when I tell you this, it is the most comfortable stuff you will ever find. Whether you're going to wear it on the golf course, which is cool because it helps protect you from the sun, or a little business lunch, or networking uh, activities, or whatever it is you're doing, the Peter Millar clothing is going to fit right, and it's going to fit in. I want you to go over right now to PeterMillar.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash weekend. Check out their stuff. If you use our name, which is weekend, that's PeterMillar.com slash weekend, you'll get free shipping and a free hat petermillar.com slash weekend if i were you i'd go there right now hey jeff i got a letter five dollar golf club it was addressed to you but it came to me but it said jeff man i took your advice from the show twice one you advised me to join five dollar golf club.com i did two is you advised me to buy the best ball i i could afford and i'm getting those strixons key stars i'm paying about 36 bucks a dozen for them so they used to lose two balls yeah. around and i played around a week that's eight balls a month. That's $24 oh. a month. He said, after some of the lessons at $5 Golf Club, I'm not losing that many anymore. I lose maybe three a month. That's nine bucks. Ooh. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. I think that's good math. It's good math, man. He's spending nine bucks on lost balls, five bucks on us. That's 14 bucks. He's still making a $10 profit. That's right. Go to com. listen to me, and make money. How do you like that? And we're back, those weekend golf guys. John Ashton here, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave, and uh, which golf cave are you at right now? Timbergate Timber Golf Gate. Course. Uh, That's yep, Edinburgh, Indiana. All right. Also the director of instruction at the Sagamore Golf Club. In Noblesville, Indiana. Yes, you are. And uh, they're lucky to have you, buddy. Which means I'm driving a lot. All right. We've been talking about rules. Rules changes. Rules changes you need to make to have more fun. Uh, the main one being, come on, guys, girls, move up. You know, if you yeah. can't hit your drive more than 220 yards, which is what the average distance is, move up. You should not be playing tees that are longer than somewhere around 5,500 yards, give or take. Yeah. So, if you're going to have fun, the longest iron that you ought to be hitting into par fours is a seven iron yeah in my opinion yeah because if you've got to hit sixes fives and fours and hybrids and three woods and all that stuff into par fours i would hope it's because you just hit a bad drive as opposed to you hit your normal drive or worse yet you actually hit a good one and you still have that much left into a hole then you're not having fun. No, then you're, you're working. You are working. Now we had a, a conversation about uh, in the last segment about a, a rule change proposal. When you hit it out of bounds, rather than being a stroke and distance penalty, now it's a take one stroke and just drop the ball somewhere where it's convenient for you. And you thought that might really tick off some folks who learned how to be able to hit the ball straight and keep it from going out of bounds because of the two-stroke penalty, and they might be rather incensed that you can hit it out of bounds, drop it someplace uh, a, a lot more convenient, and have an easier shot into the green than they could have even with a decent shot. And what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah but things change. You know, when you were learning how, when you were learning how to do that thing with the stroke and distance penalty, you were probably still using a persimmon driver. You don't use one now. Well, You've changed with the time. You have come up to but, the titanium drivers because they go farther and they maybe even go straighter. At least they're more forgiving. So get with it's times change, buddy. This is a rule. It's yep. a good rule for most people. So go with it. You got a problem with it? Then don't follow it. But I'm going to follow it and don't give me no crap about that. Well, you know, that's the thing. Those of us who've played by the rules our whole lives will play by that rule. You know, it, and it's one of those things that we'll sit there and grumble about it because it's a little less fair. What it will do, John, is it will make a guy like me 
might not play as much golf competitively with a guy who wants to, who will spray it a little farther, but wants to compete. So what we'll do then is we'll play more casual rounds of golf together. It'll be one of those perceived by guys like me rules to go, look, all they did here in, in terms of pace of play, in terms of what people wanting to come back and play the game, they've done a good thing. The, the downside to it is that they've made it where I have lost my skill advantage. Right. And they've made it where I've lost my, you know, I've put so much time, effort, and energy into having a skill advantage. They've essentially legislated that out. And so then I won't compete as much in, say, club tournaments. You know, let's say you're a member of a, of a public golf course and they have a tournament and you have an established USGA handicap and I have one as well. And the point is for us to go compete against each other together in the same group or the same tournament. Right. And all of a sudden now, the higher handicapper, guy who's going to tend to spray it outside out of bounds, he's going to get a, an advantage in the tournament situation. The lower handicapper, the better player, the ones who are geared toward that, the ones who've earned that. Um, that so what's going to happen is, is the competition aspect of it will go down. And that's where I look at that and I think the, the, the guys like me who, have, uh, who hit the ball straighter, they will uh, compete pretty much with the low handicap guys and nobody else now. Yeah, but because man, you, at least they'll be on a, on the same playing field as far as skill level and how the rules affect their handicaps and whatnot. You stand on, a and, fir- and I think that's where it'll change. You stand on a tee box, and you look at a yeah. hole, and you say, "If I hit it straight, I'm going to have a uh, 160 yards into the green." Say, but if I hit it over there out of bounds, I can drop it and have a 60 yard shot into the green. You can do that just yeah. as easily as the other guy. In fact, you could do it on purpose, whereas the guy you're play it against is probably going to only do it as a mistake you could actually use that and go that way and not have to worry about right. it but we wouldn't do it oh we wouldn't do it because yeah, we wouldn't do it. i wouldn't do a thing like that no 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 what the what the, the it, it isn't that it's not a it's not a right or wrong issue or anything like that uh-huh. it goes against our our nature to to hit one that's not in the fairway it goes against our nature to play one strategically to have a drop advantage as opposed to a shot that got us there. One of the big things about uh, people who work hard at their games to get better at the game is for the thrill of hitting a great quality golf shot into a good place. There, there's no question about that. Yeah, I so know. that's what I'm saying is that that's really the issue is, is in the competition aspect of it. Because then we feel like we got cheated out of it, um, out of meaning that I just got tied or worse yet beaten by a guy with lesser skill. Yeah. And, and, and that's the aspect of it that I'm speaking about. I'm not speaking of it about, well, yeah, I could use the rules to my advantage and I could gain a whatever. Yeah. Okay. I don't feel good about that because I didn't, I didn't play golf for hitting it out of bounds and getting a drop, I play golf for hitting a great quality golf shot and being rewarded from my own efforts. That's really where that that conversation comes from in, in a guy like me. Yeah, it's a moot point. Anyhow. So I get that. One of us hits it out of yeah, bounds, and we're just going to kick it in bounds anyhow. So there you go. Uh, however, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The, the aforementioned uh, statement you made about hitting a great shot, just got to tell you, man, after extensive tutelage by watching your videos at $5golfclub.com, first hole on Sunday after our live show at Elk Run, about a 340-yard yeah. par four from the forward tees, which we all decided we were going to play, slight dog yeah. leg to the left. Guess who aimed at the middle of the fairway and hit the most beautiful draw off the tee you've ever seen? Okay, maybe not the most beautiful you've ever seen, but the most beautiful you've ever seen me hit. 80? Well, seems how you've clarified the sentence right there. I think that you're the one that did that. 82 yards to the green from the middle of the fairway. 
What's well, a good thing you didn't hit it out of bounds and then drop it in the middle of the fairway there, it, isn't it? It sure is, but I could you have. You would have been crowing about it, would you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, so it really doesn't matter now how well I hit it off the tee. I can just put it there when I'm done anyhow. Well, thank yeah. you for clarifying that. You will that. not feel good about that. <laughs> no, I wouldn't feel You're good about You're not going to get on the radio next week and go, guess what I did? Guess who hit the most beautiful shot out of bounds I and then made up for it for the drop? And I got the best drop you'll ever see. Well, you know, if you just drink more, the guilt will pass. We're going to be talking about uh, golf balls and how they can uh, help and or hinder your fun on the golf course with uh, Wes Whittingham, who is the vice president of sales from Bulwark. And he's coming up next right here on Lowe's Weekend Golf Guys. Okay, I'm sure you know the name Peter Millar. Peter Millar designs, makes, and sells the most comfortable golf wear ever. And it's not just golf wear, man. I mean, they've got pants and shorts and shirts, polo shirts and regular shirts. Like, I'm wearing a performance polo right now from Peter Millar. And I've been wearing Peter Millar stuff since the early 2000s, way before they ever said, hey, we'd like to advertise on your radio show. So trust me when I tell you this, it is the most comfortable stuff you will ever find, whether you're going to wear it on the golf course, which is cool because it helps protect you from the sun, or a little business lunch, or networking uh, activities, or whatever it is you're doing, the Peter Millar clothing is going to fit right, and it's going to fit in. I want you to go over right now to PeterMillar.com. That's M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash weekend. Check out their stuff. If you use our name, which is weekend, that's PeterMillar.com slash weekend. You'll get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. If I were you, I'd go there right now. And welcome back. We are those Weekend Golf Guys. John Ashton here in studio. Jeff Smith is up at the Sagamore teaching people how to play better golf. And we're going to be talking about golf balls because that is part and parcel of playing better golf. And on the line with us, Wes Whittingham, who's the VP of Sales for Volvic. Wes, uh, thanks for joining us here on those Weekend Golf Guys. How you doing, man? Wonderful, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Listen, I'm going to say something up front, and if, if it's wrong, tell me it's wrong, and I'm sure it is. Um, but one of the things that a lot of us, because they're colored and because you do an awful lot of work with the LPGA, a lot of people consider Volvic to be a chick ball. It isn't, though. But Oh, far from it. How do you, how do you fight it that? It isn't. Well... Historically, because we're the only golf manufacturer that actually sponsors one of the uh, a tour event on one of the four major tours, you know, the Volvic Championship. Right. Uh, we aligned ourselves with that simply because it was such a great fit. The company is based out of South Korea, out of Seoul, South Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, in that country, the LPGA is held at a completely different standard, quite frankly, than than it is here in the United States. You know, their, their tour stars are all women and they're held in extremely high regard. Uh, you know, and that, that path was paved by Siri Pak. Yeah. And, uh, since then, there's just literally a whole army of, of young girls, uh, out on tour. And, uh, so it was a natural for Volvic to align the brand with an LPGA event. But no, we're not a quote unquote chick ball. Yeah. Uh, far from it. We, we have, 33 different SKUs across uh, a wide range of different types of constructions. And really, we pride ourselves on having a product that's great for all different skill sets. Yeah. 33 is an awful lot of stuff to manage, man. I mean, as as, <laughs> as the sales tough. manager, you've got to be, come on, people. <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, exactly. Also, exactly. so you you are a sponsor now of the Long Drive Championships too. So I mean, you you're going for the distance market also, I would imagine. No question about it. Yeah. No question about it. The the World Long Drive Tour is uh, it's an exciting uh, vehicle for us to get our brand out there and and uh, continue to grow our uh, brand recognition with players of all calibers. But uh, you know, that's uh, that's a tour that is you know, somewhat part WWE, if you will, and uh, uh, NASCAR and all kinds of different elements to it because it's, you know, they've got the smoke going, the music, the rock music going, everything else. And uh, 
the beauty about that whole tour is that it's uh, it's instantly gratifying for people that are watching it. You know, at a at a regular tour event, they play four rounds of golf over seventy two holes or more if there's a playoff, and it's really kind of a long drawn out type of situation. Whereas the World Long Drive Championships and, and the World Long Drive Tour, uh, you know, players have three minutes. And, you know, they hit, uh, I don't know, 10 balls and they've got to get it in the grid. That's what it's all about. And they play against each other. You know, it's an elimination type of situation, but it's instant gratification for the fan. And it's all about distance. And that's, so we, we really enjoy that part of it. And, uh, these guys are men and women are phenomenal athletes. Yeah. We had, uh, one of the female champions uh, in town here for, something going on a couple of weeks ago and she had a swing speed of 118 miles an hour. And I'm just like, I get tired just thinking about those numbers. I couldn't. Yeah, exactly. I could not manage that yeah. at all. Um, you know, I was at the uh, PGA show probably about uh, six or seven years ago now. And I overheard some folks at your booth basically um, tis- tisking about how could you possibly be so so against the traditions of golf and actually do a colored golf ball. I mean, optic mm-hmm. orange, we could see maybe yellow. You can, you can see that, but I mean, you guys get more colors than in the rainbow. And uh, I mean, that that's a great position, I think for a new golf ball company coming out on the market. But did you, did you get, were those two guys, the only two, people who had a negative reaction to the different colors or have you had to overcome some of that too? Uh, a little bit, not, not really quite as much as you might think, but it's, uh, uh, you know, I golf balls for the most part, uh, from so many different manufacturers, which there are, you know, really six or seven really main players, right? But they're all making the same thing essentially in the form that they're all white round with dimples. So how do you really distinguish yourself or differentiate yourself apart from uh, one of the other manufacturers. And for us, uh, the visual element of having all these different colors is the obvious way. We have 10 different colors just in the vivid product alone. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very wide-ranging color scheme. Yeah. The, the benefit for us, of course, is that people – people really react differently to different types of colors. You know, some people see uh, what you might call a hot color, like red or orange, differently or better than some people might see green or blue or something like that. And so there's a different reaction uh, with people. But not only that, at the end of the day, People can see a color golf ball better in flight, yep. and people can see it better when it's on the ground. Which and, leads, uh, leads me to my next question. Go ahead. Do you see a seasonal a seasonal uh, change in the color or the sales of specific colors? Because, like, do specific colors sell better, like, in the fall when they're easier to see when you hit one into some leaves or something like that? No question about it. Yeah. No question about it. Definitely. In the fall, uh, we definitely see uh, more red, yeah. red sales picking up. And in uh, our best three selling colors overall, regardless of season, is red, green, and orange. But uh, we really see some of those brighter colors pick up in the fall in particular. And then during the summertime, more of the cool colors, uh, like the blues, et cetera, is what we see uh more of a uh a re- reception to during the summertime when you mentioned you've got 33 SKUs available um covering all abilities you probably also cover all price points too don't you we do we do we cover all price points we try and really uh have a product out there for all different types of of skill sets and and demographics um, you know, you've got the casual player that just wants to go out. Maybe they play four or five times a year. We want to make sure that we have a product that they'll enjoy and, and, uh, uh, want to buy and hit their, hit their price point. At the same time, you know, you have the 
avid players out there that are going to be playing 40, 50, 60 times a year, take their game very seriously. And uh, certainly we'll build a product that uh, is suitable for them. And they're going to pay a little bit more money for it simply because of the construction of the product. Right. It is the main difference because one of the things that uh, Jeff and I keep harping on over and over and over again is is play the the best ball you can afford from a reaction standpoint. And you really want one that, that can uh, go far when you hit it you know, with a, with an average quote unquote swing speed, but you also need one that's going to perform very well around the green because most of us amateurs are not going to be hitting greens in regulation on a regular basis. We're going to be taking, sure. going to be taking yeah. a lot of chips and pitches to get there. So, right. Uh, how, how many, how many of your SKUs would you recommend and, and what, what kind of, nomenclatures i guess should should the person who is not conversant with volvic be looking for right so you know what it what it really boils down to is you have two different types of cover materials that most manufacturers produce one is urethane the other is serlin urethane is a softer uh cover and it spins there's higher spin rates with urethane which creates a softer feel and you have uh, a better ability to control the ball around the greens with particularly with short irons, uh, pitches, chips, etc. Serlin, uh, which is a more durable cover and it's a little firmer, uh, is less expensive, but uh, it also has, uh, because of the technology that's gone into it, uh, manufacturers are able to make a very high quality Serlin product that is, uh, still provides an awful lot of feel, still provides a lot of, uh, spin around the greens, but it just doesn't quite spin as much as urethane. So you're not going to have the same level of stopping power, if you will, right. around the greens. Yeah. It's the Serlin covered balls terms of we, con- we pull out when we're trying to get over water. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Wes, yeah, can you hang the, on one second with me? Ball. We're about sure. time, about Absolutely. time here to take a quick break. Wes Whittingham with uh, Volvic. He is the, uh, the, the head honcho in the sales department. So, you know, if you want to get a discount, just getting, get in tight with Wes. We are going to be talking a lot more about golf balls in general, Volvic in particular, when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. Back in the early 2000s, some department store here in town heard me talk about golf on my morning show on the radio, and they decided that they'd bring me a couple samples of Peter Millar golf shirts. I was hooked. They were absolutely phenomenal. Probably the best looking and the most comfortable golf shirts I ever had. Not only does it feel wonderful, it looks fantastic. It helps protect you from sun. It fits great. It looks great. And you can wear it anywhere. I mean, it's not just for golf anymore, guys. Peter Millar. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Peter Millar. That's M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. Check their stuff out. I will uh, guarantee you that you'll want some. And once you get one piece, yeah, you're going to be coming back more and more and more. It's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. And if you do buy something, you're going to get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. We have a small yet loyal following of junior golfers, 12 to 18 year olds. I want to address myself to them right now. Listen, guys, girls, if you are serious about golf, there is a mom, there is a dad, there's a grandmother, a grandfather somewhere that are so psyched, but maybe they don't show it. They don't want to push, but they would love you to get involved in the game of golf. So why don't you go to them right now? Say, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, I want to get better at this game. I want to get good at this game. I want to learn from a guy who has junior champions, high school, collegiate champions. He's even got a student who's kicking butt on the web.com tour. And it only costs five bucks a month. And I can learn at my own pace. And parents are going to be able to learn from their phones, which you know they don't drop out of their hands anyway. $5golfclub.com. 
Join for your kids' sake. I promised we'd be back, and here we are. I have never lied to you. I am John Ashton in studio. Jeff Smith is up uh, working hard at the Sagamore. Uh, Director of Instruction, as he is in uh, Noblesville, Indiana. He will uh, be joining us again later on in the program. But our guest on the line, Wes Winningham, who is the uh, Vice President of Sales for Volvic. Is it is it Volvic or Volvic? How do you pronounce that correctly? Volvic. Volvic. Volvic, John. See, I was right the first time. But we're talking about golf balls. You know, we, we are so hung up on equipment. I, I got to tell you, Wes, I, whenever I watch golf on TV and I see these commercials for golf clubs that are going to magically improve your game, you know, it makes me cringe because it's the swing technique with a club that's going to improve your game, not the club itself. But golf balls are something that can help your game depending on how you play now. Would, would that be an accurate statement? That would be accurate. And, uh, you know, typically people play golf balls that are too firm to, to put it, uh, succinctly. It's, uh, golf balls have a, a level of what we call compression. And, uh, just like driver shafts in, in a golf club, people typically play too stiff a shaft in their club if they could play a softer shaft. It's easier to hit the ball up in the air. It's easier to get through the ball. It's easier to, to load the golf club. And it's the same uh, principle that applies to golf balls. If, typically, if people could play a softer golf ball, something that they can compress, then they're going to be far more efficient with it. It reduces the side spin if they play a softer ball, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get better spin rates off the ball. Their ball velocity goes up. Consequently, they hit it farther. So, you know, the, the old rule is, you have to compress the ball to really create some ball velocity and get efficiency out of the out of the ball. Right. So yeah, the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> the answer is absolutely yes. You now most manufacturers don't put compressions on, on uh, the boxes of golf balls anymore. Unfortunately, oftentimes if you ask some of the uh, golf professionals behind the counter uh, or the staff at uh, your local golf shop. They'll be able to tell you uh, what the what the softer products are, but you know for the most part, uh, the softer you can go in terms of the compression. If you have what I would call a moderate clubhead speed with the driver, which is going to be in that eighty to ninety mile per hour clubhead speed. Yeah, that's us. Uh, yep. You definitely need to get into that softer type of product. One of the things, and and Jeff is is with us now. Jeff, say hello to uh, to Wes Whittingham. Hello there. How you doing, Wes? Hey, Jeff. I'm doing great. How are you? One of I'm the, terrific. Thanks. One of the things that Jeff and I have been discussing uh, earlier in the program was the uh, the the forthcoming, maybe or at least the conversations about bifurcation of the rules of golf, where the pros sure. have one set of rules and we amateurs get a relaxed set of rules, which we already have anyhow. But but were the rules from the USGA relaxed, let's say, for the manufacturers? Is there more room to quote unquote juice a golf ball? Uh, no question about it. There's right now under the current size uh, and weight constraints that the USGA puts on a golf ball, they could probably just with today's technology increase the distance on a golf ball probably another fifteen to twenty percent. Wow! Wow! If they now, if you then reduce the diameter, of course, now you can really create some different distances uh, because as the USGA has in, imposed a rule, you can make a ball larger, you can make a ball lighter, but you can't make a ball smaller or heavier. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So because clearly those two smaller and heavier would allow you to hit it further. That's yes. why there's no, no question about it. Yeah. And, and it, I think we all remember the old uh, Dunlop, uh, English ball from years ago, and uh, oftentimes players in the U.S. would go over to play in the Open Championship, and they would go over there for a few weeks really to adapt to the smaller ball, and the smaller ball would go farther, and it also pierces windy conditions better than uh, right. our, our current standard ball. Now that that ball doesn't exist anymore, everybody's playing the same type of product. But, uh, yeah, there's 
there's probably at least another 10 to 15 percent i would say that uh, we could build into a golf ball in terms of distance just under the current parameters uh jeff how many of your of your students complain because the guys i play with all the time complain you hit a great drive and you go well i know it came down i just didn't see where just lose sight of those little white golf balls after about 180 you know, yards or so. Before we start or after we finish? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I get your point. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the, the color, in fact, one of the things, I don't know if you were, you were here, we were talking about the, the, the sale of different colors changes seasonally with Volvic because some are easier to see. Like when you hit it into a bunch of dried leaves, which I know you don't do, Jeff, but, you know, normal people oftentimes will do that in October and November. And it's kind of hard to find a white ball when it's sitting there underneath brown leaves. So the colored thing would probably work a lot better for uh, for a lot of us amateurs in, in terms of being able to actually see where our ball went. Because following the flight of the ball is one of the main problems that amateur golfers have. That's why we lose so many. Yeah, John, and, and I, would, I would simply say this about color just in general. Um, you know, I my career stretches well over 30 years in the golf industry in a variety of different uh, capacities. But I can remember when, you know, it was common for people to wear golf shoes with spikes, where people played with persimmon woods, and a metal wood was thought of as a driving range golf club, yeah. right? And uh, the only time you saw a color golf ball was at the at the driving range as well. It's yep. yellow with a, a black stripe on it. Yep. So things have changed dramatically uh, uh, over the last 30 years with different types of materials, products, et cetera. Today, you can't find a golf shoe with metal spikes, and everybody wears some type of spikeless footwear, some that really don't even have removable cleats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drivers are all carbon fiber or titanium for the most part. And, uh, again, you know, you're, you're never going to see a persimmon wood, uh, by any, uh, tournament player in their bag, I'm sure, uh, ever again. So same way with golf balls, you know, I'll, I'll make a statement right now. I would, I would suggest to both of you that within the next five to perhaps 10 years, there'll be a time where white golf balls won't even exist. And everybody will be playing with a color golf ball. Hmm. Uh, it's easier to see. Yep. Uh, and I think the thing that's held color golf balls back, uh, at least to this point, up until Volvo came onto the uh, uh, came to the industry, is that people looked at color golf balls as a novelty item or a product that really wasn't a high performance yep. golf ball. You know, and we're already seeing some senior tour players using yellow golf balls. We're seeing European tour players uh, playing yellow golf balls, and now it's pretty common to see LPGA players uh, using uh, golf balls of different colors as well. Yeah, from pinks I, I to purples and reds, I mean, down, it's great down there to watch those those balls that they use on the LPGA. It's fun. I yeah, think. yeah, exactly. So I, I just don't think it's it's uh, that far off where uh, we'll start seeing everyone play color golf balls just for the simple sake that uh, logically it's easier to see in the air, they're easier to see on the ground, and once people understand that there's a, a high-performance products that are available in color, uh, then you're going to start finding more and more people uh, use use golf balls of color, and that will... Uh, that will continue to expand into the marketplace. Fantastic. Wes Whittingham, Vice President of Sales for Volvic. A few minutes left here, uh, Wes. How about a little uh, shameless self-promotion? Folks who have now been interested said, yeah, it makes sense. I don't have to feel bad or be embarrassed about playing purple golf balls. Uh, they're not available at many of the uh, pro shops here in town, but where, where does one go to look if they want to check them out and buy some? Oh, well, you can, you can certainly go online, okay, to a variety of different online retailers and uh order uh and you'll find obviously velvet golf balls of all different types and uh, uh so that's available uh pga tour superstore dick sporting goods um edwin watts or roger dunn's worldwide golf shops they all carry our product and uh we have a variety of different independent retailers 
I know in Louisville uh, and also in Lexington, there's some golf headquarters shops that oh, carry yeah. our product as well. And, oh, yeah. and we want to definitely give a shout out to those guys. Tony's got all the best stuff up there at golf headquarters. We love that place. Tony, Tony is a great guy. He and I go way back and uh, he does. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. He's a fantastic supporter. West Whittingham, Volvic Golf Ball Company. We appreciate your time, sir. And we appreciate your time, too, hanging out with us. And uh, hope you come back next week. If uh, you want to find out where we are, well, right here where you are right now is a good place to check first. And if you miss it here, you can always go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com. And you can check out not only this week's show, but uh, an entire a whole plethora of back episodes. Anything you missed, you can always catch up on. Check us out, facebook.com slash golfguys, and of course uh, on Twitter, at WKNDGolfguys. But whether you're using a white ball or a colored ball or whatever it is you're using, just get out there and play some golf. Back in the early 2000s, some department store here in town heard me talk about golf on my morning show on the radio, and they decided that they'd bring me a couple samples of Peter Millar golf shirts. I was hooked. They were absolutely phenomenal, probably the best looking and the most comfortable golf shirts I ever had. Not only does it feel wonderful, it looks fantastic, it helps protect you from sun, it fits great, it looks great, and you can wear it anywhere. I mean, it's not just for golf anymore, guys. Peter Millar, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Peter Millar, that's M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. Check their stuff out. I will uh, guarantee you that you'll want some. And once you get one piece, yeah, you're going to be coming back more and more and more. It's Peter Millar, M-I-L-L-A-R dot com slash weekend. And if you do buy something, you're going to get free shipping and a free hat. PeterMillar.com slash weekend. A lot of us are looking for a miracle. You know, we go out and we buy a $500 golf club thinking it's going to give us straighter, longer drives. We buy a $150 golf club thinking it's going to get us out of the sand traps more easily and more often. We buy $200 golf clubs just because we want to get closer to that pin. Well, you know, you don't need a $500 golf club of $200 golf club, $150 golf club. All you need is a $5 golf club because the problem may not be the club. It may be your grip. It may be your stance. It may be your ball position. It may be your swing plane. It could be anything that an expensive golf club is not going to fix, but a $5 golf club can fix because Jeff Smith is a genius and he will be able to guide you where you need to go. Check it out. $5golfclub.com. That's all it costs. Five bucks a month. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.